Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today I am so honored and so delighted to welcome our very special guest, Courtney A. Walsh, also known as Caw, C-A-W. Courtney is an internationally renowned author, psychic medium, speaker, intuitive channel, and she is the writer of the Dear Human viral meme, which went mega global and was shared all over the world over 500 million times. Retweeted by Khloe Kardashian, shared by the Chopra Center, a Neil Don Walsh site, the Delilah radio show, and on the vividlife.me radio network, which has over 2 million listeners. It will be added to Ariel Ford's next book to be published by Harper One this year, and it will be included in 600,000 German advent calendars later this year as well. It's been translated into French, Spanish, Portuguese, Dutch, Italian, and German so far. A book based on the themes explored in Dear Human has been endorsed by Elizabeth Gilbert, who wrote Eat, Pray, Love, Ariel Ford of the Evolving Wisdom Network, and was published by the Findhorn Press in 2016. And what I want to say about Courtney is she and I actually have known one another since right around the beginning of my own spiritual journey. She was one of those rare, precious beings who came onto my radar screen way back when, around 2004 or five timeframe, when I was about two years into my spiritual awakening. And we actually had the opportunity to meet in person. And she is somebody out of all of the people that were part of my spiritual awakening journey. She is somebody who has consistently, devotedly showed up and shared her brilliance and her wisdom and her willingness to be in the spotlight and serving her message out into the world. And she has been one of my sheroes and somebody that I take inspiration from repeatedly. So Courtney, it is such an honor and such a pleasure to have you here on the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for that beautiful intro. And I realize that I have to do a humble brag for a moment because that's outdated. And actually there's so much more that's happened since that uh, bio was relevant and I probably should update it and send you the revised, but it's up to over a billion people now. Pretty wild and, and definitely blows my mind quite frequently, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's been, it's been a journey for sure. I like that you talk about the self awareness journey or about the awakening journey. See, when I met you, I would never have said you were only on that journey for two years. I would have said you were on it for 2000 years because you have such wisdom yourself and it's nice to find people on similar wavelengths and vibrations who you can kind of go and deep dive on some of the things we'll pr probably be talking about today. 
Yeah, well, and I love that because I think, Courtney, I think it's going to be really important for those who are listening. We've got 84 countries that are downloading this uh, show at this at this recording. And I know, I know in my core, I know in my being that there are people who are out there who are just now being awakened. And I remember how I felt. And I, I appreciate and receive that you've, you know, didn't didn't know that it was only two years, but really in that time, in my journey, in my spiritual awakening journey, having somebody like you show up on the radar screen was so affirming because I really thought I was insane because there weren't other people out there who were a vibrational match. So I'd love to have you talk a little bit, if you wouldn't mind, about maybe your own spiritual awakening and also what it feels like to be either an affirmer of those who are awakening or to be affirmed by somebody else who is a vibrational match and maybe both. I love that. And I do love the word affirm um, and affirmation, confirmation. So I get that daily in the work I do with just doing counseling. I call them intuitive counseling sessions and you do similar coaching work with mm -hmm. women. And um, I do it more with, it seems like a lot of the women that come to me are going through divorces. So they often will say they feel that validation too. I've never married, no children. So I will often hear some stories and go, well, what are you doing there? <laughs> get out, well, you know, get on with the show. And so I didn't set out to become like a divorce whisperer by any means. I still very much believe in the sacrament of marriage and in Holy Union. I grew up Catholic. I've transmuted, transmuted that. So when people come in there, especially like coming out of religious paradigms or even heavily science-based paradigms, I try to go and shoot down the middle and say, okay, you feel crazy. And in psychology, you are. You're mentally ill, you're bipolar, you got OCD, you got ADHD, you got every letter in the alphabet. In spiritual terms, you are awakening from the human amnesia coma that we all get the minute we slide down, you know, through our mother's womb into the, into the planet. And I think what a psychic is, and the best definition I've ever been given of what that phenomena is, an intuitive, an empath, whatever you want to call it, is someone who has less cosmic amnesia. So I, I do think I help people remember their wholeness, their fullness, their multidimensionality. I also think sometimes I am a catalyst and a trigger and a, a pain in the ass, frankly, you know, because things they don't always want to hear, but I do try to wrap it in some lightheartedness and humor, sometimes snark when I'm in my own triggered space. And my journey basically probably started, yeah, with birth and lifetime. But I remember being about eight, nine years old and I would go to the fairs and the festivals. And my dad would say, you know, here's five bucks, 10 bucks. And I would go see the lady. And the lady was the gypsy lady or the fortune teller or the palm reader. And it was so fascinating to me as I sit here with my, my little, you know, crystal ball, my, my rose quartz sphere, which is very, you know, comforting. I just would go and I would gather intel and what, you know, what do they have to say to you when you're eight? But, you know, it was like almost a social experiment that me and my dad were doing, you know, and he would have me report back. So I know my super Catholic dad was, a, was very intuitive himself. And I would even go far as to say pretty psychic, but didn't have the, the nurturing or the framework for it and, and was much more involved in church and religion and Jesus. And that was all cool. And I went to Catholic school and the whole nine, but basically being an affirmer or being affirmed, first you have to lose labels like crazy. Mm -hmm. You have to lose labels like crazy. They're just mean spirited now at this point. And I think we all understand mental health, mental wellness, spiritual and emotional health and wellness, which I like to focus on more because it all you know works together. 
are so important. And I'm glad we're finally shining a spotlight on that. I, things I've been talking about literally for decades. I was thrilled to see Harry and Meghan, you know, and the royal family bringing things out into the spotlight again, because if, if it's not in transparency, if it's not in openness, then we know that there's, we don't want to dabble with that crap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm affirm people who are whether they think they're woke or they're on their way to woke or they're feeling broke or like a joke i just like to give them a little love and like well, you're okay honey i i kind of give them the hugs and the, the butt slaps when they need them you know the encouragement and then i also will you know kind of be collie sometimes when i need to and just kind of burn shit down you know? <laughs> and i try as i get older i try to lead a little less with collie and a little more with like Kuan Yin or somebody and serve mama gaia the way the ways we can. I mean, we know that our vibration actually serves or can be, you know, destructive or creative, right? So I guess what I think people can relate to is this losing spiritual perfectionism that your human is all about and dropping that and just knowing that your human journey is meant to be messy, imperfect, glorious, wonderful, terrible, all of it. And then not to judge ourselves or each other or label or diagnose ourselves or each other so much within that as we awaken, as we remember, as we come back online with our divinity expressed through our humanity. Mm. I love that. I love the idea of the divinity expressed through the humanity. And I will say for our listeners, when my spiritual awakening happened, I definitely would have been in trouble if I had not had at that point a very loose and probably not very spiritually advanced, but at least somewhat open community of people around me in the yoga community who allowed me to see that there was a spiritual thing happening in my life. And I was able to make the choice to continue to cultivate it and to devote myself to it and to feed into it rather than take myself off to the psychiatrist to get a bunch of pills, which I definitely had those thoughts cross my mind. So Courtney, what I'd love to hear you talk about now is, you know, you were awake when you were eight, right? You were an anomaly when you were eight, particularly in your religious framework and possibly even, I mean, you were from New England, right? You know, New England, we're definitely, we go both ways. Like we have the whole witch community that got burned at the stake. And then we have the Puritans that, uh, you know, did their thing. And so what I want to hear is what were some of the things that you are aware of now that you did to affirm yourself? Hmm, that's a great question. I had a really wonderful Nana who I've written about and talked about, you know, and she kind of seems to just come up even though she's been passed for a very long time. But she was a wonderful early mentor for me of actual unconditional love. And so I know it exists and I know it's real. I just feel like it's gotten kind of rare and and um, unusual on this planet. And it gives people give a lot of lip service to it, but they don't actually know what it is or how to embody it or emanate it, right? Myself very much included. So I guess what I, the things I did to keep myself emotionally safe in, a, in an environment that could be pretty volatile sometimes was I would hang out with friends a lot. And I made good friends early and my friends were my salvation. My friends were my real true spirit and soul family and they still are. And so even if I felt like the black sheep or the purple polka dotted rainbow sheep in my family, you know, the witchy woo sheep in a very Catholic 
paradigm, you know, they, these people were very academically oriented and very appearance oriented. And so I got caught up in that for a really long time. And I still have that. And we all have that, that we're unweaving and really going more within and learning how to nourish and, and water. But being around my Nana just felt like being in bath presence. So we had been talking before the show about vibrational alignment and compatibility so important. Some people's frequency, just who they are, not their personality, but their energy signature and what they bring to you will either rattle your aura and your energy field or will soothe and, and kind of calm it down. So there's an old saying that before you go and you know diagnose yourself with depression or anxiety, make sure you're not surrounded by assholes. <laughs> so I love that because maybe I was surrounded by assholes and maybe I was one of them. And that's okay because you have to break out of your tribal childhood programming and conditioning. And it can take a long time and be really an uphill battle. Sometimes if you still want the approval of these people, the love, the affection, the time, the connectivity, and you're going to the hardware store for milk, as they say, there's just nothing there to give, or they want to diagnose you as crazy or dismiss you or say you're drama or you're toxic because you're, you're putting a light on things that may make people uncomfortable. So I just had to be outspoken to be humorous. I, I had great friends. I was a little bit of the ringleader in my neighborhood of, okay, we're doing a haunted house. Everybody, this is your part. This is your part. This is your part. Or we're doing a lemonade stand. Here's this, this, this. So, you know, I was, I was just, I was a gregarious kid, but I was also a shy and quiet kid, if that makes sense. And I'm still that way. Extrovert, introvert, right on that cusp. I love, I could be days. I, I lived two winters by myself in Maine. It was me and the moose and the squirrel. And it was amazing. You know, <laughs> Beautiful. Well, that's pretty courageous, Courtney. So yeah. we are already at the break. Amazing okay. how fast this goes. But um, before we go to the break, I want to just affirm for our listeners, here are some of the things that Courtney just talked about that she did for herself to continue to affirm herself. She had friends. She engaged her humor. I love her humor. Her humor is really one of the things that attracted her to me and me to her. She engaged her creative power and she led. She stepped into leadership role and organized the people around her to create and to engage with one another. And so we're going to take a short break, but right now, Wickedly Smart Women, we're going to ask for your help. And if you are enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share with your lovely lady friends who you think might benefit from our content. And we want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. I want to shout out this week to our listeners in Maine, where the moose are hanging out, which uh, Courtney just mentioned, Maine. And I also want to shout out to our listeners in Ireland and let's see, uh, I think Kuwait. And we will be right back with Courtney A. Walsh. Caw, caw. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition, women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, 
balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back. Before we went to the break, Courtney was talking about how she affirms herself, but I also want to let people know that she is very actively engaged in affirming others and has a client roster from around the world. She is internationally renowned and where you will find her because she's so wise she has decided to really focus and concentrate all of her attention, her energy, and her presence on Instagram. And she's not spreading herself around all over the place. She is showing up and shining on Instagram. So you can find her there under Courtney A. Walsh. We will make sure that we have that for you in the show notes. So Courtney, let's talk about how you do work with clients and how you do affirm them. And if you'd like, why don't you share a few of your clients' success stories as well? So these days I do work out of a little metaphysical shop here in uh, Colorado, and I do that a few days a week. I have private clients find me and we can do, you know, phone sessions or FaceTime. And really, I have just the right amount right now because I I have to have work-life balance or I fry out and then I can't actually do the work I do. Mm -hmm. It's a combination of energy work. It's a combination of intuitive guidance. It's a combination of just common sense, you know, down-to-earth wisdom that just the other day, someone came in and said, I saw you eight months ago and everything you said came true. So I don't necessarily think of myself as a predictive psychic, but I guess I channel and things come through and I give possible timelines. And then it's up to anybody who comes to me to go and make that happen. I'm just the mess. Right? I can't go live your life for you, you know, but I have had some miracles with the healing, which was wonderful. Like some hands-on healing miracles with one woman in particular had knee problems for her whole life. Another woman had back problems and, I, and she came to me, the lady with the back problems came to me. We worked on it just for like 20 minutes and she said she felt better and she couldn't believe it. And she's sort of like going to pay me and she opens her wallet and she's an FBI agent. And so I was like, oh my God. Okay. And she goes, yeah, I'm a fed. And I'm like, well, I'm glad you liked your session. <laughs> And the same week, ironically enough, or the universe just works in mysterious ways, two people, one who had been secret service and one who had been high level, you know, security clearance and in the administration of the White House had been there through Carter up through the Obamas. And they both came to me for reading and said I was the real deal and bought out my, my all my copies of my books and said they were going to send one to Michelle Obama and one to Hillary with handwritten notes. And who knows if they ever got them or read them. I don't know. Fantastic. But the point being. I've had some wonderful high level people kind of either find me or seek me out or hear about me. And so a lot of it is now word of mouth, which is just perfect because my marketing skills are, are not that great for myself. I can do it for others, I do it for others all the time, you know, and that yeah. seems to be the, some blocks that I'm working through myself. I, I basically love what I do and I love helping people. I like to do it either one-to-one or one-to-many. I don't have a preference. I am probably going to be doing more courses going forward. I've been asked and approached for that. So that's very new stages, early talking stages. You know, I, I repeat myself a lot, especially women going through, I want to get a divorce. I don't have the money to get a divorce. My family's too religious. You know, all, the, all these reasons they, they won't dissolve an unhelpful union or a toxic or dysfunctional union that so they and then they often do and then they go find the love of their life like two minutes later so it's like as soon as you leave what isn't working or isn't matching your vibration and make space for something to kind of flood in and so that's I just help them 
do a little hand holding, let them cry, make them laugh. You know, it's just, it's a performance really. I mean, I am genuinely channeling things, but I'm also using my goofy comedy personality to deliver this spoonful of sugar with some of these things, you know? Nice. I love it. All right. So I want to talk about Dear Human. And I want to talk about specifically because we have a lot of people who are listening who are entrepreneurial, who are maybe healers, who are maybe messengers, who are maybe people who aspire to have, you know, a billion people read their writing and be touched by it. And what I'd love to hear from you, Courtney, is, you know, what was that like for you? What was that experience of having your words proliferate in that way and touch so many people around the world? How was that experience for you? It's still very much a surreal experience for me. And I feel like Caw wrote Dear Human and Courtney just lives her life. And not that I'm a split personality or multiple or a DID or anything like that. I'm just saying my creative persona and my, my human life, you know, go swimming, groceries, have friends, and do dinner. So the fact that that went so crazy, mega, you know, viral explosion, it really showed me that we hit a nerve in the consciousness, meaning me and my team, my spirit team, right? And so when I'm in that place where the whole world is my muse, or I'm really tapping into people's hearts and what they need or what they feel, it's really coming from what I've overcome and what I've not totally overcome, but worked on and transmuted or been through. And so I think why it's relatable is because people really do try their best and they still fail and they still fall. Like I tried my best with Dear Human and I still failed and I still fell, but it became a success of its own and has a life of its own now beyond me. I'm I'm just like, I'm the woman who gave it up for adoption and then the world took it, you know, and raised it. So I want to do other things and I want to get on to other things. I don't want to stay stuck there either. As a creative person, you always want to be evolving. And as a spiritual and emotionally, hopefully intelligent, not always person, I want to be moving towards my best self, whatever that looks like and wherever that is. At first I thought, oh, it's DC, it's Hollywood. It's really not. I, I don't fit into any of those environments, not LA, not New York, not, you know, that is not me. I'm more the barefoot on the grass girl, you know, hanging my moo-moo, you know, or my, you know, and I, I really like more of a low-key, quiet life. This is as much as I can handle right now for publicity because I've been traumatized by what some of the, you know, the afterfall or whatever, the the debris of Dear Human actually kind of blowing up my life in some ways, in good ways and bad ways. You know, they say in tarot, it's a tower moment. And 9-11 was a tower moment. As the towers fell, it just it blew everybody out of their Right, regular thinking like JFK did, like the pandemic does. So these these big wake up calls for all of us, not just some of us or bubbles of us or ripple effect. Like now, all of us are in this, you know, hopefully elevated move. You know, and, and of course, as patriarchy dies, it gets louder and meaner and weirder. But we're still, people like us trying to anchor the light, be the light, and having our human moments too, and trying to you know be okay with that. Yeah. Well, we've got about three minutes left before we have to close. So, Courtney, I'd love to see if you'd be willing to tune into the collective consciousness of the Wickedly Smart Women audience. And if there's any message that you have from your heart to theirs that will affirm them, encourage them, and possibly invite them to be served by you in some way. Yeah, this is great. Thank you for the platform for this. The word that keeps coming to me lately is inclusion. 
and in the sense of really walking that talk. So some of the people who I've seen who, and I used to be Miss Lefty Liberal, Blue Bleeding Heart, and then I saw some points of the red and I'm now more like purple. I believe like, let's take the best of both worlds and merge them and mingle them. So this us and them I see on the planet right now, this Democrats or Repug Republicans, Repugnicans, like people just with the name calling. And, and I think it's, we do that when we're threatened or when we feel like our ideas are not being heard or respected. And like even the president recently said, I don't understand the Republicans. And I thought, well, you better. They're half your constituents, you know. And so to me, a unified field and a unified theory and a unified planet, we literally are all one and not in some global agenda, NWO crap, no new world order here. I'm talking about unity consciousness, which is so much more elevated than global domination. It's liberation, it's global awakening, it's global union beyond our skin tone, our gender, our how we identify sexually beyond our race, beyond any of those dividing and conquering, you know, manipulated and exploited themes that we are so much bigger and brighter and bolder than that. And yes, those are important to talk about and bring to the table and have awareness and mutual respect about. But there's such a bullying culture and I've been on both sides of it. I really have. I've been the bully and I've been the bullied, more the bullied than the bully. But when I'm in my bully, it's because I've been so bullied. I'm finally pushing back, you know, mm. and I'm just. But like I said, I just feel like if we could all there's people and people are putting it on T-shirts and on bumper stickers and then and then having road rage. So they're saying, be kind. They're saying, you know, do your best. And so I would always be more in the do your best than be kind phase, because if you do your best, you are going to be kind mm -hmm. to yourself. And your best is going to look different than other people's. You know, for me, the bling and the stadiums with the confetti and the balloons and all that big hoopla and hype is not appealing to me. It's much more this heart to heart, face to face, you know, connecting on those deeper levels that's meaningful to me. And I've really learned a lot of this smoke and mirrors, glamour stuff that I used to be kind of wowed by when I was younger, mm -hmm. you know? And so I, I wish everybody well, like whether they're at the top of their game or falling down or somewhere in the middle, I really don't ever try to hold grudges or ill will. I do get sassy and I do get frustrated and I do get wounded, but I try to like start my day every day with the reset button and to give myself and everybody else as much grace as possible. I do get disappointed in humanity. I do get frustrated for us, but I will never lose hope in us and our potential and our capacity to grow and evolve together. Oh, I love it. That was gorgeous. And I am so grateful for you spending your time with us today, Courtney. I know it's a rare event to have you on any platform and it's a rare treasure to have your presence as well as your really powerful words for our listeners. And I'm just so grateful. Listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that number for you in the show notes, or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. 
We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.